Dear Cheap Astronomy, what's involved in clearing the tower? The announcement that mission name whatever has cleared the tower mostly derives from NASA mission protocols and some Hollywood embellishment. With most human crewed missions, NASA Launch Control in Florida is in charge of the mission up to and including the launch, which might include decisions to abort missions due to bad weather or even launch emergencies that might require activating an escape procedure to rescue the astronauts. But once the rocket has cleared the tower, the announcement goes out that Mission Whatever has cleared the tower because that's the point at which Mission Control in Houston takes over. Okay, guys, we got it. So, clearing the tower is largely just a checkpoint. It's not like everyone breathes a sigh of relief because the most dangerous part of the mission is over. Indeed, a whole bunch of other most dangerous parts of the mission are still to come. Mind you, getting your rocket to clear the tower is no small matter. Indeed, just getting your rocket an inch off the ground is no small matter. And this is a good place to begin. At the bottom of most rockets are those conical rocket engine nozzles, which don't look like they could hold a lot of weight, and indeed they can't. Nor can they fire effectively without an empty space underneath them. Most Soyuz launch rockets are actually held off the ground by four support arms before launch. So if you watch a video of a Soyuz launch, you can see those arms let go and spread outwards as the rocket takes off. Most other big rockets rest on the bottom of their tubular fuselage and their rocket nozzles sit within cavities beneath, their initial blast being directed down and then sideways and out through what's called a flame trench. A Saturn V's fuselage was supported at four points, with each support point incorporating hold downs which wouldn't let the rocket move until all the engines were at full thrust. Then, once they did let go, the rocket immediately lifted off. In most respects, lifting off is a much bigger deal than clearing the tower. Once a rocket is lifted off, you can't just throttle back on your launch engines and land again. There's way too much mass in a fully fueled rocket to manage that kind of fine manoeuvring. SpaceX is doing amazing things with retro rocket technology, but that still involves landing mostly empty component parts of the original launch vehicle. So, when the announcer exclaims liftoff, that is a genuine exclamation of relief, excitement, and perhaps trepidation. Anyhow, the tower that hopefully does eventually get cleared is generally called an umbilical tower, because it's mostly involved with feeding the rocket rather than holding it up. The tower loads the rocket with both fuel and crew and also allows maintenance personnel to access different parts of the rocket. With the Saturn V and other large rockets, there are various arms or bridges that feed fuel to each of the rocket's stages and an elevator that takes maintenance personnel up to various points, as well as taking the crew right up to the top. The Saturn V's tower had nine such arms, including the access arm, 
that the astronauts could walk across to enter the command module. And at the end of the access arm is what NASA calls the White Room, where a number of support personnel help the astronauts enter the cabin and strap in. One of those support personnel was Gunther Wendt, who gets a mention in the Apollo 13 movie. I wonder where Gunther went. We mentioned escape systems earlier. In the event that something went wrong with a Saturn V launch, there were three options. A rocket mounted on top of the command module could launch the module away from the rocket with the astronauts inside it, and then the command module's parachutes could be deployed to land safely. Another option, prior to liftoff, was that the astronauts could exit the command module and attach themselves to a zip line extending out from the tower, which would take them from over 100 metres height down to ground level several hundred metres away from the launch pad. Yet another option was to go down in the elevators, which took about 30 seconds, and then jump, Thunderbird style, into a 60 metre slide tube, which took them down to the rubber room an underground bunker which could protect ground crew and astronauts, even from the force of a fully fuelled Saturn V exploding directly above them. 